Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Marilyn Mar Johnson, the Executive Vice President at Salazar Resources. He gives us an update on what's going on in Ecuador. If you want my thoughts and opinions on that, you can get that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find company reports, training courses, commentary from market experts from around the world, other summaries of interviews that we have carried out. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors in there sharing ideas and thoughts with each other. Enjoy the podcast. Merlin, how are you doing, sir? Good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Long time, no speak. Uh, ready for an update from you. So quite excited. Excellent. No problem. Okay. Well, give us give uh, people new to the story that one minute overview, and then we'll pick it up from there. Sure. Uh, I'm the executive vice president of an exploration company called Salazar Resources, uh, TSXV uh, company, market cap thirty five million US dollars. Uh, we're an exploration company really focused on creating value and positive change through discovery in Ecuador. Uh, it's an Ecuadorian company by heritage. We've got a team of probably the best Ecuadorian explorers with, a, with an extraordinary track record of discovery. We've, we've found probably um, seven out of the 10 most advanced projects uh, in Ecuador, not all in Salazar Resources, but we one of those, we have made the discovery in um, within Salazar Resources, it's called the Kuripamba Deposit. It's a highly valuable VMS project that we've worked up from grassroots discovery uh, through to a resource status, and we've farmed that out, and we now have a carried interest all the way through to production, a 25% interest um, on, a, on, a, on an asset which is worth 300 to $400 million pick for metal price. So our carried stake on that is uh, close to $100 million, and 70 to 100 million dollars versus our market capitalization of 35. So essentially what we offer as a company is a de-risked approach to exploration in Ecuador. We've got the, the best team, we've got a great understanding of Ecuador, and you've got full exposure to the upside on the 100% owned uh, exploration portfolio that we have in the company. Perfect. Great description. Now, last time we spoke, I, I did say to people afterwards, I really like the business model. It's kind of, it's measured. Um, there's a great team in place. Um, but what I want to get into today for people, because we've had quite a few questions sent in as well. I want to kind of mm -hmm. get through those. But can we just, I want to sort of compartmentalize this discussion. So the um, project that you've got um, with um, Adventus, can we deal with that for us? Because you're not... You're fully carried, which is beautiful, but you're not in control of that. So tell us sort of where they are in, in their process. I mean, in terms of you know being funded, what's their drill program? You know, when can you sort of expect to see some sort of upside benefit to that particular component? Okay, you say we're not in control of it, but we're still very much involved uh, through. Uh, I mean, th throughout the process, it's our team on the ground. Uh, we earn management fees from doing the work. We are geological team, our social team, and in fact. What we've seen in Ecuador uh, is that you have to get the social side of the business absolutely right. You can destroy value by getting it wrong. And <clears throat> it's not just being an Ecuadorian that makes the difference. It's actually uh, really knowing what to do and how to handle it. Um, the project is in Bolivar State, which is the most anti-mining uh, province within Ecuador. And there have been many companies that have failed to manage to operate in Bolivar province. Um, several companies in the past have actually tried to get in, been kicked out by the locals. And 
um, Salazar, through Freddy Salazar and his and his kind of genius touch for this, has managed to not only work but actually succeed in country. So one of the key things working with Adventus is that we've we're really driving the social program as well, and we've got the geological team as well, and we earn the, the management fees from that. We probably get um, well, we get about six hundred thousand um, dollars a year of income from Adventus, and that project is at the uh, it's going into feasibility stage with doing some infill drilling now. Uh, we're doing about 6,000 meters of infill drilling, and we're also doing about 10,000 meters of expansion drilling around the edges of um, the existing resource on the broader project area. Right, so it comes to the question of, you know, so how much money, have they got enough money to develop this thing out? You know, and how do you benefit? I get that you're being paid a fee, which is nice, but the upside is really in developing this asset. So where, is, where are they? Oh, yes, I mean, um, they've just raised uh, $35 million Canadian. So they're, they're well cashed up. Um, and the, the plan was to complete the feasibility study uh, in 2021. We've had a six month delay because of coronavirus and um, water permits. Um, so that's now pushed out into the middle of 2022, but the, the plan very much is to march this towards uh, production. Um, so within two years, we we'll, should have a completed feasibility study on this and a mining permit. And at that point, you'll really start to see the full value accruing through to um, Salazar. Okay, a couple of points you made there was I just want clearing up there. So you mentioned water permits, one, and two, doing business in Ecuador. Should I be worried about either of those? Business in Ecuador, absolutely not. Uh, it's progress is being made. The government is completely committed to developing the mining industry. It needs to as a, as a financial imperative um, to fund its, its social infrastructure programs, to fund its budget deficit. It needs to continue the progress that's been made in the in recent years and every signal that the government makes uh, is about supporting that about mining industry being a core part of the economy so i would say don't worry about that uh, although it's i should also say that there's a presidential election coming up uh, in the second uh, week of february next year now why that is not a, a real risk is because the mining sector in Ecuador is now apolitical. Uh, it's such a crucial part of the economy, and the government is so committed to receiving foreign direct investment, uh, foreign exchange earnings, uh, job creation, and tax revenue from the, the mining sector the, that it, whether you are uh, radical left wing, centrist, or right wing, you actually need the, the mining sector to pay for this. But you also need the social license on a more local level. You know, you, you described well, that. So, you know, how do you manage absolutely. that? And I, I know Freddie's got a few initiatives going, but perhaps tell me why I, I should not be concerned because Freddie's got it all under control on that front. So social license to operate is an ongoing thing. You can't uh, not look after it for six months or weeks or a year. It's something, it's, it's an ongoing process. Um, it really helps that we are Ecuadorian. Uh, the Salazar resource is incredibly well respected within Ecuador. Um, Adventus Mining has brought in uh, Nobis Group as a shareholder, uh, and, and they are a well-respected business conglomerate. Uh, so at every level, Salazar Resources and Adventus are not just doing the right things, but being seen to do the right things. Um, there's a there's a, a funny anecdote that there's a um, there's a nationwide anti-mining organization within Ecuador championing 
uh, trying to stop um, mining across Ecuador. And their representative in Curupamba, where we've been for the last uh, 13 years, spent two years trying to drum up local um, uh, resistance to the mining uh, idea. And he had to leave after two years because he couldn't get any traction with the locals. Uh, I I mean, I could easily go into detail about the the football teams, uh, about all the local initiatives, but really I think it's a a key thing to realize that uh, we're absolutely focused on making sure that the social license is no impediment to the uh, development and the economic progress of um, Kurupamba or any of our other projects. Right. Sorry, does that answer the question? Well, it, it, it does, actually, because, um, you know, you look at things like the the recent uh, Rio Tinto story, which is out on the, out on the press. Um, are you aware of that? I am, yes. Right. Um, you know, because that, that's, that's a case in point where, you know, I, 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 I do get concerned that companies do have the social license to operate, and, and if they don't, you know, I think it's, it could be problematic. But I think it's very easy to have your social license um, or your community, your CSR program as a, a box ticking exercise to feel, oh, this is the, this is, there's the movement towards uh, enhanced ESG. There's a, uh, we've got to be uh, warm and fuzzy and let's go and um, hug a tree and hold hands with a protester and therefore everything will be all right. It, it, in, in a sense, those are soft issues, but I, I, it feels very, very different for Salazar resources. Remember that this is an Ecuadorian company. Uh, it's, an, it's got an Ecuadorian heritage. And this isn't just an exercise in um, cosmetic. Um, you know, it's, it's not a cosmetic program. This is, this is their people. But one of the reasons um, Kurupamba was found was because our chief geologist was from the local community and had always wondered what the geology was. This, this is, um, it's in their backyard. So there's a, um, there's a hard edge to the economic rationale behind having a social license to operate that we fully understand. But more than that, it's actually part of our DNA and our culture. Right. Okay. Got it. Adventus, they've got 35, raised 35 million bucks recently. What are they going to be doing with that? How much drilling are we talking about? I'm just trying to get a sense of the pace at which they're operating with, with COVID restrictions allowing. Okay, so there has been a um, five, six month delay. Uh, we're just about to go back into Kurupamba and uh, be drilling. We're looking at about uh, 16,000 meters of drilling there uh, on Kurupamba. What I haven't mentioned is we've also farmed out two uh, porphyry exploration projects to them. We are carried 20% on those all the way through to a construction decision. So a drill out of a porphyry, tens of millions of dollars and several years of studies. Uh, we don't have to invest a cent. In fact, we actually get paid for that. Uh, we get a management fee for doing the geology and they're using our rigs. So we, we generate earnings from the, from the drilling. Um, <clears throat> there, we've already put out announcements that um, on one of those um, pijili or pijili, um, drilling is underway. Uh, we've intercepted sulfides, we've intercepted the right kind of geology, uh, assays haven't come out yet, and the plan there is to do a 7,000 meter program first, and uh, obviously uh, one hopes that that would lead into a second program. So if, if you, for the sake of argument, double that, you've got 14,000 meters there and you've got 16,000 meters uh, at Kurupamba, looking at a 30,000 meter program, and then Santiago, which is the third project, which is another large porphyry target that were carried on, uh, that will be drilled uh, 
in 2021. Okay, so they're hard at it. And I think anyone looking at Salazar needs to look at what Adventus is up to there, given that you're carried on all three projects that they're um, working uh, working on. Um, let's move to the bit where you're in control. You've got your own targets. How are you going to advance those projects? Because I think that's where the real growth comes from and what, what I think people are looking to you to start doing. Start drilling, start giving us results, start giving us some sense of you know the scale of what you th- of the opportunity that you control. Probably worth saying that we've got as the at the end of June we had two point eight million Canadian in the bank. Um, we earn six hundred thousand dollars a year as a minimum from management fees and advice royalties from Kuri Pamba alone. We get additional management fees from uh, the other project, Pichilia and Santiago. And there's this question where I get quite a lot of um, questions from shareholders about <clears throat> the drilling uh, revenue. You know, we've got this subsidiary and this drill is 100% owned. We've got three drill rigs. Is that going to generate a million dollars, two million dollars on an annual basis? Um, this year, we've had to invest uh, a bit more than we wanted in terms of kind of refitting it. So this year, it'll be a wash. Uh, the, the money that we earn from uh, the drilling contract in this year will be. Uh, will pay back for the, for the investment, but next year it could be generating uh, a million or so uh, in terms of earnings to the company. So um, that's kind of the financial situation. We've got um, enough money to do the kind of the, the full program that we've got for the, for the next um, months, which is drilling at Los Osos, geophysics at Macará, and ongoing mapping and sampling at Ruminiawi. Now, why is Los Osos interesting and um, when are we going to start? Uh, Los Osos is a license that was picked up by our chief geologist um, and he was the, the, the main geologist behind the Cangrejos discovery, which is 17 million ounces of gold sitting in an open pit just to the north of our Los Osos license area. So he did all the mapping, he did all the sampling, uh, he drilled the first 22 drill holes um, and Actually, he felt that the, the, the highest grade area was to the southwest. And in fact, we've got some historic drilling just to the east of our license, which Newmont drilled, and they put in 156 meters, which returned 2.6 grams gold and 0.2% copper. And then just to the north of us, uh, Challenger Exploration reported 146 meters at one and a half grams gold. And we know that the, there's almost kind of like a feeder structure. There's a high grade vein going from the northeast of our license area, radiating uh, through our license area. And we've, we've got a very strong gold and copper anomaly that we'll be testing. With hydrothermal breaches, uh, our guys have been all over it. We've, we've um, uh, sampled it, mapped it, been underground in some of the artisanal workings. Uh, we're very excited about this drilling program. And then in the south of the area, we've got a, um, it's a slightly um, metamorphosed, slightly weaker um, signs of mineralization. It's a copper gold porphyry with a little bit of a stock work in there. We're putting some holes in there. So the, the plan is to do a 5,000 meter drill uh, program on Los Osos, dividing into two phases. First of all, the first five holes, review what we've got and then push on with the second. And we hope to be announcing that imminently in the sense of the detailed drill plans and the start of the the, uh, the mobilization of the drill rig. We're not there yet, but um, all of our rigs are busy with Adventus. So we, we are actually trying to locate what we have located 
uh, a drill rig. It's just a question of mobilization date that we'll be able to announce. Okay, so again, can remind me about the model going forward here. Obviously, you've done the deal with uh, Corey Pumba. Um, you've got three projects. Your junior company, Cash is Limited. You're being sensible about, you know, dilution, um, which we've talked about in the past. But you've got three pretty big targets. You're you're telling me. Um, you're going to have to make a choice soon, aren't you? We are. Um, but we don't just have three. We've got a pipeline of other projects. And in fact, um, in Ecuador, uh, it's one of the reason why the, the, the world is interested. It's the reason why BHP, um, Newcrest, Lundin Gold, um, Fortescue, you name it, they're all rushing into Ecuador. It's because this is the one place in the world where you can find walk-up tier one global assets at surface. And we have done that. We have identified a porphyry, which is sitting at surface. It's uh, got uh, gold mineralization in the upper zones, uh, which are being worked by artisanals. And you come down into the porphyry and we've got a superb uh, anomaly over a kilometer long. And we applied for that ground a couple of years ago and it was uncontested. No one else applied for it. Uh, the government is currently processing 77 historic applications. And this is one of those. We have a couple of others, and one, funnily enough, in conjunction with Adventus. So their portfolio with us will grow, grow from three to four, and ours will grow at least from three to four projects, including this, this porphyry. So and the government has said they want to get those processed before the election, which is in early February. We hope it's going to come through this um, before the end of the year. Um, <clears throat> and our portfolio will expand. Uh, our strategy is to review the four that we've got, work them up the curve a bit through um, low cost geochemistry and geophysics, possibly phase one drilling and smart geology, and then farm out two or three or four of those so that we can preserve treasury, maintain, maintain carried interests. But in this market, what we really want to do is we want to take our best project and drive it on a 100% basis further up the curve. That's exactly what I was getting at. Just wanted, okay, thanks for explaining that. So at the moment, do you know what that what the best project is going to be? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. They're all so good. They're all good. Uh, they, they are all good. And the, the reason we like them, so um, Los Osos that we're just about to drill, we've we commissioned the team, said, where can we get 100 meters of one gram a ton or 50 meters at two grams a ton. And they said, Los Osos is, is where we can do that with, with, with the greatest certainty. That's where we, with the lowest risk um, project. And that's great, but Cangrejos to the north, 17 million ounces, it, it, it is a sub one gram ore body. And we'd like a plus two gram ore body. So, Question mark, does Osos have the grade? We're going to find out soon enough with the drilling. But I mean, even if we get 100 meters at one gram, it's, it's still be a fantastic result. Um, in the south, Makara, these, the, the, the uh, VMS target, it's got a beautiful gold cap on it. And the analog is just over the border in Peru. And that has 7 million ounces at three grams a ton sitting in oxide at surface. And we've got these two beautiful anomalies with up to 10 grams in soil and 30 grams in rock chip. And we're just about to go through a geophysical program which will um, highlight the potential, or we hope it will highlight the potential for buried sulfide bodies, which 
Uh, again, the analog in Peru is they've got 300 million tons at 1% copper, one gram gold. So that is a superb target. Uh, we've applied for the ground around our license area. So if, if we can expand it, uh, that'd be great. And that's one of the 77 uh, license areas that we hope the government will release before the end of the year. So uh, I certainly wouldn't like to do a deal on that before we build it, because um, I think that that's a tremendous uh, uh, package or project. And then up in the north, uh, in elephant country, where you've got Yurimagua, which is a billion tons at 0.9% um, copper equivalent, and you've got Sol Gold with their 3.6 billion tons, pushing 4 billion tons um, at 0.5%. Um, <clears throat> we've got the Ruminyawi project. Freddy Salazar uh, has been tracking this project for uh, 20 years. He really likes it. It's at a very early stage of analysis. We hope to get it to the point where we can drill um, or generate drill targets in 2021, 20, uh, but um, we're not sure yet. That might be suitable for farming out. Who knows? And then, of course, the new the new porphyry project that we hope to be bringing in. Remember, this is generated at zero cost uh, pretty much by us. It's a, it's a direct application um, to the government. I'm just trying to think which question I ask first. I'm going to ask this one. This is sent in by someone, okay, the, about the reopening of the mining cadastra in Ecuador. Um, how are things on the ground at the moment? The mining cadastra is expected to open, as I've said, uh, by the end of this year. We, we can't guarantee that it's going to happen. The, the Minister of Mines or the Vice Minister of Mines, uh, Fernando Benalcazar, uh, held the position for many uh, for a couple of years and then there was a change in the in the um, energy minister and he stepped away for about six months last year but he came back in again and there was another change in personnel and he has committed to Fernando Benalcazar has committed to making sure that those 77 licenses that are in Tramite they're, they're being processed by the government they get issued before the end of his current term which is going to be at the end of January. So he's also signaled that um, those licenses will get processed by the before the end of this year. Uh, we had also heard that they were going to be ready by September, October. A um, couple of our guys in our team used to head up the mines department on a kind of a technical level, a civil service level. Um, they were the directors of the mining department and their um, Proteges are now the current heads of mining cadastra. So we we speak to them on a regular basis. Uh, we know that the government is sorting through those 77 permits, um, asking everybody, are you committed? Do you still want to apply for those licenses that you um, want to apply for? Um, and they've almost finished that process. So we hope that we get those licenses through in the next couple of months. It'd be great. Uh, I think the country needs it. Um, but if it's um, during January, then it's during January. Okay. And, and what about these? Well, these these water permits at um, Makara and Rumanyawi. So you expect them to come through? You're not. You haven't heard of any issues around those? Okay. Water permits in Ecuador is a is kind of an emotive and a, and a, and a complicated uh, matter. Um, in fact, water is one of the emotive things, and the the chief opponent to mining in the country who has said that if he gets into power, he's running for president and he's got a very slim chance of winning. Um, he has said, if he gets into power, he'll ban all 
uh, mining and his uh, he changed his name from Carlos to Yaku, which means in the local Chechen language, it means water. So he's he's saying water, not mining. Um, he doesn't have a very large support base, but it is an emotive thing in Ecuador. And in fact, last year, the head of the water board was a political appointment who was very linked into this kind of um, anti-mining uh, group. So then we had this, this ironic situation in the middle of last year where Fustamovti, one of the great developments in the country, which was going to generate so much um, benefit for the country, was actually being blocked by the lack of its um, uh, water permit. So the what happened was that the government took this under hand. They replaced the, um, the political appointment for the water board uh, with a mining engineer, and suddenly lots of water permits were processed. Then the next step of streamlining the water permit issuance was to merge the water board with the environmental agency. That has taken place. Coronavirus hit. You've got elections coming. So actually now in those two departments, people aren't sure what's happening. So after a huge amount of progress last year, there's actually a little bit of a delay this year. And you have to get a um, in your environmental clearance, you have to show that you're not going to um, pollute the water course, and you also need to get a permit to extract water. And what we have got through our, um, across our areas, is we've got the um, sign-off and the certificate of non-affectation. So we, we've got the environmental clearance to do the drilling programs under the Scout Drilling Permit Law um, in Santiago, Pichili, Los Osos. We haven't applied yet for Macara, and we haven't applied yet for Ruminiawi. Uh, what we don't have in some places is the ability to extract water from exactly where we're using it. So we, in some places we have to track water in. And this is what uh, this is the workaround that several other exploration companies are doing in Ecuador at the moment. Yeah, we, we've heard the trucking solution you know, all, right, all around the world. Um, but why haven't you applied at Makara or, or uh, Ruminyawi yet? Uh, because at Makara we're doing the geophysics first. We want to um, find out where we want to drill. Uh, and how many holds to do? And at Rumania, we were, we haven't got drill targets yet, so we're still on the on the on the on the pre-drill phase there. Okay, brilliant. That, that, that's a nice sort of su summary of you know where you're at with your own projects. Um, can we talk about the share register? It's really tight. Is it, it you know pro possibly problematic in that it's so tight? How does how does that situation improve? And what are you looking to do to help people access your shares? Uh, it is tight. Uh, we've got 25% held by the Salazar family and probably another 6 or 7% held by directors and um, uh, employees. Uh, the Arlington Group picked up uh, 10 to 15% and placed out some large blocks of shares. Uh, so there's probably another 20 to 25% there. So you're talking about 55%, which is very tightly held with Arlington Group out of London, a few funds uh, and directors and management. And the rest is retail. Um, Company's been listed since 2007, so there's, there is a, a long uh, history of retail involvement. Um, I think the liquidity will improve uh, on two things. One is when we start putting out regular news flow on our own projects, and the the market capitalization closer reflects the value that we have in the in the 25% stake uh, in Kuripamba. Because at the moment, uh, let's say that stake's worth 60 or 70 million dollars today our market cap is 35 so people are still thinking well why would i sell this at a discount 
So the carried stake and 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 you've also got all this exploration in for free as well. Um, so if we can put out some regular news flow through drilling, which we hope to be doing over the next three or four months, I think that'll help. And the other thing is, um, I've just come off the Precious Metals uh, Summit, the Beaver Creek virtual conference, and we've had several times uh, from US investors that they're struggling to buy shares. Uh, so we're looking into a OTCQX, sorry, OTCQB listing. Um, we looked at it last year. Uh, didn't feel as if the time was right. Uh, we pretty much got buy-in from the directors, uh, and so we're we're pushing ahead with that. And you know, once we've got a formal timetable when this might happen, I'll be able to put out a news release. Fantastic, Merlin. Like, um, thanks for the update. I mean, well done. This year has been a tough year for everyone. Uh, well done, you guys. I think you since we started talking to you, share price has practically doubled. Um, you've got a way to go, and I, I agree with you. If you can start actually putting out your own results on your own projects, I think that'll be a game changer for you. So uh, stay in touch, let us know how you get on, okay? Great, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.